This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Next, we delve into another area of consolidation in the public sector as we read more and more of the fine print in last week's budget. The province intends to integrate 59 emergency health services operators and 22 dispatch centers into an unknown number of ambulance services. Doug Ford says he guarantees there will not be any paramedics who will be out of work. The health minister, Christine Elliott, says the province might actually consider hiring more paramedics even as they merge the services. The Ontario Paramedic Association is taking a wait-and-see approach. We contacted them and they said, quote, We are patiently waiting to see a concrete plan. As such, it is impossible to comment on the unknown. Other unions, not so circumspect. We want to know what you think. The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Of course, in the last few years, we have heard some stories about wait times being too long for ambulances. Right now, we are going to Dave Wakely, who is the president of Local 277 of OPSU, which represents more than 500 paramedics in Peel region, and Chris Buckley, president of the Ontario Federation of Labour, as well as Stephen Tufts, associate professor at York University and a labour geography. Thank you. Welcome to you all. Morning. Thank you. Okay, let's start with Dave Wakely. Does this make you nervous, or is it possible that things could become more efficient by, uh, you know, amalgamating, eliminating some administration and uniting it? It, it certainly does give me um, cause for concern. I know here in Peel Region, we've worked very closely with our community partners to ensure that we are delivering an efficient service. We've participated in lean exercises with the hospitals. We've experienced cost avoidance of close to $7 million a year through efficiencies we've developed in the offload delay process. And those partnerships are only possible on the local level. Um, The number that we're hearing is that there's going to be 10 big operators, and we're just not certain that those sort of integrations can can happen. when you're dealing with such a, a massive entity. Uh-huh. Chris Buckley. Well, I would, I would suspect that workers are nervous at this point. There's a lot of details that haven't been announced, but I think it's important to remember when Doug Ford was elected as premier, he made a statement on numerous occasions that no workers will lose their jobs. Well, that hasn't been true. We've lost jobs in the healthcare sector, announcements again today in the education sector, you know, when we look at the paramedics uh, sector of our economy, going down from 59 services to 10, uh, people have to remember uh, this, this will affect dispatchers as well. Dispatchers who know their communities very well, that helps on response times. And in my hometown, you know, the Minister of Health, Christine Elliott, made a statement that it could hire more uh, ambulance attendants and paramedics. Well, they need to take a look at that instead of any possible reductions because in my hometown, Lake Ridge Health, Oshawa, 
Yesterday alone, there was 17 ambulances lined up at the side of the facility waiting to unload their patients. That's the state of our healthcare system, and I'm fearful that this could be the first step in privatization of the paramedic services across this province, and people should be questioning our government. Once again, here's a hidden item in the report that came out last week, the financial budget, and workers' jobs are on the line. So I, I would suspect workers in this sector will be nervous, and unions that represent them are waiting for all the details because people should be nervous. Okay. Uh, just a reminder is that both Doug Ford and the health minister have repeatedly said that they are not going to privatize. Let's bring in Pro- Professor Stephen Tufts. I think that the overarching theme in all of this is a a big centralization and elimination of administration. And they keep saying we are going to keep the front line intact. Is that uh, a good idea? Has that worked elsewhere? Well, I think the, what's got workers nervous this time is that memories aren't so short to forget what amalgamation means uh, for workers when the province decides to force municipalities to amalgamate any kind of a range of services. And what I think is really, I think, in the back of many workers' minds is that if you amalgamate these services and remove the local uh, special expertise in dispatching, is that who gets to benefit from this? Are the rural areas going to be uh, services going to be sacrificed as they're as big uh, urban municipalities are get the bigger seats at the table from these amalgamated services? And also, is this really just paving the the gray, uh, way for something else? Maybe not privatization, although we know that Ford has been spoken uh, very much in favor of privatization services. But is this no, a he hasn't. for, for downloading and reducing the provincial subsidies to ambulance services? Because right now it's a shared cost uh, um, between municipalities and the province. So, I mean, I think there's a lot of questions here uh, that need to be raised. And also just the pace and how these uh, policy changes are made without consultation and so quickly and catches everybody by surprise, surprise. So I think there's a, a lot to be concerned about here. Mm-hmm. Well, there's certainly uh, your comment about the speed is... I'm sorry, Libby, but Doug Ford and his government claims they're here for the people. Well, if that is actually true, with all the legislation changes, with what's been hitting in the budget last week, why would they not be talking to the people? Why would they not be talking to people throughout our communities to see what their concerns are when it comes to education, when it comes to health care, when it now comes with the possibility of less paramedics and ambulance services right across this province? If you're actually for the people, consult with the people. Uh, Chris, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right, because I think that the big problem here is they haven't checked in with the experts. I mean, the the paramedic representatives, the paramedic services are the experts in delivering pre-hospital care. Right and on. to my knowledge, there's been absolutely zero consultation with the services on if 10 is the right number. They wouldn't know even if it was. I would suggest to you it's not, because we've spent a lot of time building up these really world-class uh, services for our citizens. And now they're going to tear it all up for, for the sake of some soundbite to say that they're integrating. That doesn't but make just a minute, is, is 59 the right number? Is I mean, you know, uh, in theory, right, looking at cutting some administration and bolstering the front line, sometimes that would make sense, no? 
there are certainly circumstances where that could make sense, but they wouldn't know unless they consulted with the experts, which they haven't done. I mean, if they want to upload something, the easiest thing to upload would be the offload delay costs. I know in the region of Peel, we are partially responsible for funding uh, offload delay nurses to help what, what is um, with that? the offload delay program. So this is a, a nurse that gets hired above the hospital complement that's partially funded through the province and partially funded through the municipality in order to ensure that our trucks uh, can, can clear and our paramedics can get out of the hospital. But the municipality is putting some of that on the municipal tax base. That is a in-hospital cost. It should be with the province. If they want to upload something tomorrow to take the, the pressure off um, municipal budgets and to allow us the, the freedom to hire more paramedics, that's something they could do tomorrow. And they wouldn't, they would need very little consultation on that. Um, those, those costs are already there. They would just need to move the budget line. Um, but they haven't been asking us where the problems are. They've come in and they've announced this solution. And, uh, yesterday I understand that the chiefs had to have an emergency meeting about it because none of the chiefs knew about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess they, uh, have faith in their own experts. No, well, you know, that's, that really should not be the case. And, and, and let me explain to you why. Uh, again, if the Ford government actually wanted to know what would work right, what would be the harm in contacting those that deal with this situation every day, such as the, the heads of the unions that represent them, the stakeholders who take, take a role in this every day of their lives, Put everybody in the same room and have a concrete dis- discussion instead of dropping another grenade in the province of Ontario. It seems like since last June the 7th, every other day there's a surprise announcement with no public consultation. That's not the way you should govern a province of Ontario. Okay, let me give the numbers out again. We are talking about our ambulance services, about our paramedics, and plans to amalgamate, integrate 59 emergency health services operators and 22 dispatch services, uh, dispatch centers. And in the meantime, the government is saying, hey, it's not going to affect paramedics. We may actually hire more of them. The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll free. Free one eight six six seven forty four seven forty and Professor Stephen Tufts, uh, in terms of amalgamating health services, are there you know in this specific area some good precedents for that? Well, I mean, amalgamation of health services in general uh, has been a primary policy focus of of this government. Um, There are some cases where, yes, amalgamating uh, um, services can benefit. And even for the case of paramedics, um, if you had, for example, a joint provincial plan to amalgamate service delivery to treat paramedics who are suffering from PTSD, which is something that the unions have spoke about, um, you could have a provincial or a multi-regional uh, uh, service to do that because you might not want, need a service for every single region or, or dispatch. But you don't need to amalgamate to do that. You can arrange, you can offer a range of services and achieve some uh, economies of scales and operations without going through the very disruptive uh, amalgamation exercise. And this will be disruptive. Things like merging seniority lists for paramedics. All of these things take time and resources. And I'm not sure that the government needs to do that to uh, recognize some of the savings that it uh, it claims it wants to to make. Yeah, but what I'm trying to get at, certainly they don't need to do that, Mm. but that seems to be the overarching theme of what they want to do. 
Yeah, and I think they are, but I think what, it's a distraction. I mean, there's always cost to amalgamation, even if it, they are realized over a longer period of time. And I think the other thing is that it's a little bit of a distraction to say we're going to reduce the number of uh, regions or services from 59 to 10 when the problems or delays in ambulance services may not even be a function of their efficiency, of lack of efficiency because there's too many agencies. A lot of the complaints that are being made is because, uh, for example, is that ambulances can't get out of the hospital in time once they drop off a patient because there are certain discharge protocols that have to be followed before they can leave that patient when they arrive at emergency. And that's, of course, created because emergency rooms are too full because we have hallway medicine that Ford promised to redu uh, reduce, which he, you know, will take them some time to do as well. So are we really looking at uh, a cause when it's not there and that there might be other causes to um, barriers of improving sewer efficiency that have nothing to do with uh, the question of how many um, agencies we have at the moment? Hmm. Interesting. Let's take a call from Dave in Newmarket. And Dave, you were an emergency dispatcher. I was an emergency dispatcher. I spent 37 years in 911. 30 of them with paramedic services here in the province. And my comment would be the first thing the province needs to do is get out of the 911 dispatching business. Having provincial employees dispatch uh, regional or municipal uh, paramedic services is absolutely archaic. Um, the, there are two silos. That never, they never get together to discuss issues. And uh, we should let these regions... Uh, dispatch their own resources and be 100% responsible for both of the vital components of emergency call taking and paramedic response. So you're saying it should be more localized? I'm not saying it should be more lo localized. We had, it, the, the issue is the provincial government owning and operating central ambulance communication centers and not effectively liaisoning with the well and i know you have a guest here from peel region of the, the peel paramedic services uh, i'm certainly sure that halton region and peel region could get together and uh have some top-notch emergency medical dispatchers that are employed by the region and doing an incredibly effective job in communicating all under one umbrella of a regional dispatch center as opposed to a provincially operated dispatch center. Okay. Yeah, Dave, thank you. Um, I, I have to say that we've got some top-notch uh, ACOs, ambulance communication officers, that, that dispatch my members. And uh, I, there, for a lot of years, there were problems um, getting them to participate in our processes. That was a problem with, with their management and the way they were managed. It wasn't a problem with the frontline ACOs. Um, and uh, they've had a, a bit of a change over there, and we're starting to see them productively come to the table now and help us uh, work through our, our incredibly complex deployment plan that assures that our the citizens we serve continue to get coverage all the time. Um, so while I agree generally that things need to improve, communication needs to improve, um, one way to do that is to, to make it regional, but uh, if you just give the provincial management, the right marching orders, and uh, there's a way to follow through on that. There's a way to, to escalate it if it doesn't get done. Um, we've seen some, some very good results here in Peel with, 
Okay. With working with our ACO partners. Okay. We've been talking about a bid to amalgamate emergency and paramedic services while the government says they aren't going to lay off any paramedics. And in the meantime, you know, it almost sounds like Doug Ford is going to war with the teachers. Have a listen. We're increasing the budget by $700 million. Not one single teacher is going to lose their job. I think it's a pretty, pretty good deal that they have right now. They, they get their three months holidays. They have the best benefit package in the entire country, the best pension in the entire country, the health plan. What, like, they have a great gig, if you want to call it. They do a great job, by the way, and I appreciate all the teachers. But guys, don't, don't, don't pull the straight nonsense on, on, on the parents and on the poor students. Wow. So was that a threat? Some red meat for his base? Or was he just telling it like it is? The numbers 416-360-0740, toll free 1-866-740-4740. And uh, Diane Dewing, president of the Ontario Teachers Federation, joins us. Diane, what do you make of that? Oh, well, isn't that just the most provocative thing you've ever heard? And do you think that's meant to to bring out a reaction? Well, I'm asking you, what is your reaction? (laughs) So, I mean, anyone who knows teachers and who knows anything about education knows that that those are provocative comments that are are, are meant to... uh... Hello? Are you there, Diane? Yeah, I am. Okay. Okay. So... You know, when when you think about what it is that teachers do, um, we work well beyond a six-hour day, and it's it, it's not the cushiest job, let me tell you. So most of us have postgraduate degrees. We, if we were working in the private sector with the very with the excellent communication skills that we have and our uh, ability to use technology, we would likely get better paying jobs with better working conditions. But that's not why we become teachers. We become teachers because we really believe that education is the vehicle to change the world to build a better place. Diane, I, I don't think we're we're not taking that into question. What I'm asking no. you is, how do you take that comment from Doug Ford? Do you think he's going to war with you? What, what do you think he's up to with that? So I think he's trying to rile his base and rile up his base with disinformation. Um, and. I, I can certainly understand where he's coming from because I come from one of the bluest areas of the province. And I'll tell you, people all around me are really angry. They are, they did not vote for cuts to education. They did not vote for cuts to, to health care and health services. That was not on their radar at all. And they're angry. Well, if they, so his own base is not pleased. Uh-huh. Well, if they voted for him, what is different about what he is delivering than what they thought they were voting for? So I think what happened was he said he was going to improve education. He was going to improve health care. He was going to to uh, cut the deficit. But instead, what's happened is we have brought in, he has brought in a budget that in fact, in fact, raises the deficit, provides cuts to big business, and and uh, provides you know additional monies for big businesses and cuts health and education very very dramatically. But he's increased those budgets. 
those budgets no, for both? No. Yes? So that's only, that's only that only that's only good if you don't understand mathematics. And, I, I understand and if, mathematics, and there's sure an increase do. to the the budget. It's it's Except not as it much is, as you want, but no, but it's he, not. So what happens is it the increase to the budget does is not does not meet the um, the inflation rate for this for Ontario or for Canada. And therefore, we actually, there's going to be an actual drop over the course of the years because it will not meet inflation. So the same dollars do not spend the same way year after year. Right, but he didn't cut the budget. He didn't cut the budget. Uh, Well... I mean, it's it's a, a semantic thing, but he didn't cut the budget. There is an increase in the numbers, and you're right, he is not balancing the budget as quickly as a lot of his supporters would hope. He's also saying that, uh, you know, we've seen some layoff notices go out, but he is saying that uh, those teachers are not necessarily going to be laid off. Well, and if, only, if the only thing you're worried about in education is whether teachers are laid off, I, I, I guess that might be some kind of comfort. But, you know, there are going to be people who lose their jobs. I'm more, impo- I'm more concerned, and the teachers I talk to are much more concerned about the effects this is going to have on our students. So when you, when you raise the average class size from... Um, from 22 up to 28, that doesn't mean that you have a classroom of 28. What that means is that you probably have a classroom of 45 or 46. Some That's classrooms, yeah. Number. Okay. That's very large. Let's hear from Carol in Kingston. Hi, Carol. Hello. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I'll try and be brief. First of all, your experts that were on previously asking why Doug Ford wouldn't get together with their experts who deal with this stuff every single day. Well, the reason he won't is because he's higher than God and he knows everything. And he's involved in things that he should leave alone and do a good thing for the province. I am so concerned about how terrible this province is going to be at the end of his four years. He is a bully, he's arrogant, and his people can't speak unless he lets them, and no doubt he writes whatever they're allowed to say. So we're in the soup. That's where we are. Okay, Carol, thanks for that. Okay, I'd just uh, like a uh, closing thought, because we're running out of time, from Professor Stephen Tufts on the teachers. Are we heading into an area of just, you know, a lot of war with the unions like we saw in the Mike Harris years? I, I do think we're seeing, we're going to see, uh, I could even um, estimate that this might be actually a period of an intensified conflict that's worse than the Harris years, um, because you're getting to the point now where the uh, public sector is threatened with an existential crisis. So the the cuts that are coming at us so fast and so furious with no consultation and with no plan and with the significant attrition losses, even if there aren't immediate layoffs um, uh, being enacted at the moment, Unions are faced with a with a with a choice of whether or not they're going to exist, representing workers, providing services, or they're just going to watch those services wither away. And with, with the sense of the high schools uh, and the class sizes of going up to forty, when you figure in the average, 
the bigger question I have is, is the Ford government paving the way for something even bigger to happen to education? So as you increase class sizes at the high school level, where students who are trying to get into university are in classes with 40, 45 students, does that make it more um, attractive for parents to take their students into private schools where they can compete with class sizes of 20 or 15? And are we seeing a, a stage being set for the chartering of schools and the, in, and the inserting of uh, private sector into education. We talk about Andrew Scheer saying he might fund homeschooling, for example. You have to look at this in a more systemic uh, way and see what might be happening over the next few years. And if uh, the worst case scenario does develop, then I think teachers unions and the province are going to be in for a very long protracted fight because they're fighting really for the future of how we vision public education in the province. Okay. That is all the time we have for Fight Back for today. Thank you to Professor Stephen Tufts and Diane Dewing from the Ontario Teachers Federation. Thanks a lot. Thank you very much. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.